You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. John 10.10 is a uh, scripture that I think really captures everything that we've been talking about in Discover Freedom. It says very simply, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. No one scripture captures the essence of what we've faced every day. We have an enemy that is set on your destruction, and we have Jesus who's given us life. Like in the Old Testament, he said, I've set before you life and death. Choose life. And that's really what he's given to us today. Jesus has paid for our freedom, but we have to hold on to it and walk in it because we have an enemy that's constantly trying to steal, kill, and destroy. The good news is Jesus already overcome him, and he is life. He is the essence of life. I hope that you were, I hope you had the chance to hear Tim Barton on Wednesday night. If you were not here, I really encourage you to go online, go to our YouTube channel, and to watch what he had to share. We asked him to come and to share how do we look at, again, this, this interesting time of election, how do we look at policies and platforms from a biblical perspective and not get caught up in personalities? We have such a tendency to look at a person or, look, or get involved in, oh, well, I like this person or I don't like that person or I like this or that. Listen, we need to know what they believe and what, they're, what they espouse and what they're going to do. And he shared that from Scripture. So I just want to encourage you to go there. I mean, it's so, so very important, not only that we register to vote, but we need to vote. And we need to vote intelligently. We need to vote according to the Word of God. Again, it's not a personality contest. There is no perfect candidate, okay? There isn't such a thing. There's only one perfect, and we killed him as Jesus. So there isn't such a thing. So what we've got to recognize is we've got to look at what are people, what do they stand for? That is a our presidential election, that is our, our state elections, that's our local elections, wherever you are, what we try to do is to make a decision based upon who's standing for the word in the best way that we can, that's how we want to vote. So it's very important to be involved. Uh, the, the interesting times that we live in right now, I mean, it's like t- talking about intense. Uh, yesterday for the, I don't know if you watched the return of prayer and, and um repentance that was going on in Washington, D.C., but I mean, again, uh, amazing that God is orchestrated. There, there is an intensity that's going on right now, and we need to join in, pray. We need to join in and believe. We need to join in and say, yes, Lord. Uh, obviously, this election's hugely important. As well know, with the Supreme Court uh, nominee that uh, President Trump announced yesterday, I mean, the bottom line is, is that all along, that's really been the most important thing probably that he's been able to do or will do. Because uh, no matter who is elected after him, they can change everything that he did. Except those justices and the justices. I mean, they're appointed for life. So this is really, really important. We need to really recognize how important this season is. We should be able to even look at what's going on in the in these various cities with all the riots and stuff that's going on. What we're seeing is the fruit of literally Marxist philosophy that's been taught in our schools for years, in our colleges for, for years. 
Uh, we had the privilege of going to Romania on the anniversary of the Iron Curtain coming down in 1990. And we were talking to uh, the people there and looking at the, the effects of communism. It's miserable. And it was better in Romania on the western, the further you got close to Western Europe, it was better than it was further east. And we were in Western Romania. It was still horrible. And, and the conditions were horrible. And, um, and I made the comment, I said, wow, it's amazing that when it was time, God just said, it's over. And, and we were talking in a group and the person said, it's over except for one place. And I said, what's that? In your colleges in America. And we've been taught, and what the whole issue of Marxism and uh, Karl Marx from the 1800s, you know, I think he probably saw some conditions that were unequitable. Unfortunately, any time you see a problem and try to solve it, not from the Bible, it's always going to be wrong. And there's much that's been published about him. I'm not here to talk about Marxism, but the point is, is that what we're seeing is that Marxist playbook played out in this nation. He believed that the only way change would occur was through revolution. So what we're seeing is the anarchy, the riots, the violence. That's just what we're seeing. That's the fruit of that philosophy. And we're seeing that being played out literally in many of our cities right now. And so it's very, very important for us to recognize that, wow, the, the end goal of that was to produce socialism, which is, again, a, a belief that that the state needs to be in charge of everything. Um, it never works. And if you, and again, I want to talk about it because Tim Barton shared extensively on it on Wednesday night. But socialism never works because ultimately what's going to happen is somebody or some group is going to get in charge and it will end up turning into communism, whichever it's controlled completely. Cuba, North Korea, Venezuela. Um, don't see anybody trying to run to get in there. The immigration lines are short. <laughs> I, I'm, Jesus came to set us free. Uh, the only freedom there is is in Christ. Yeah. It's the only place. Yeah. And we got to realize that even the issue of racism, uh, okay, racism is a problem. It's called sin. Yeah. All racism, all prejudice is sin. The solved not by talking about it or writing. It's, it's solved by repentance yeah. and a change of heart. I, I, that biblical way is the only way. That's right. And any other way is not going to produce anything at all. The truth is that, they're, that race, they're using racism as really a cover for that Marxist socialism right. platform to try to get into our nation. All of this is the fact that, hey, listen, Jesus is on the throne. Yeah, yeah. And so what I want to do this morning, just a, just a few minutes here, I want us to pray. I want us to pray and believe for the power of God to come, we need, we need him. Uh, we need a, an awakening that we'd wake up and that we would live by the word. That's just the bottom line, what we'll talk about today. So let's pray. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you that you are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords and you are on the throne and you're going to remain there and you're waiting until your enemies are made your footstool. And we thank you, Lord, that you've already overcome everything. And we just thank you that we can live at this time. And, Lord, we pray and we do ask you to forgive us for literally abandoning our post. Forgive us for allowing the enemy to have ground that you paid for with your blood. And forgive us, Lord, for not standing up and, and bringing forth your kingdom as you told us to do. 
So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we say, help us. Lord, we need your courage. We need your strength. We need backbone. We need to stand up. Lord, we thank you that you've paid for the victory. Wow, you defeated the enemy. You made an open and public display of him, having triumphed over him. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of you. Wow. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for those that are in authority in every realm. And we ask the Lord to strengthen them and those that are serving your purposes. We ask you to help us, Lord. Those that are not, pray you remove them. But Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus for your presence and power to be released. We're asking for people to wake up and Lord, and, and turn to you. Wow. We love you, Lord, and we bless you. And we just thank you that you love us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We, we really need to pray. It's a very, very serious time. Obviously, you mentioned COVID-19 and all the other things. There's always going to be something that the enemy is going to try to stir up. You just got to realize that's why that verse is so powerful. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and might have it more abundant. Now, we don't battle flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 tells us that battle is not with people. It's with spiritual forces, principalities, and powers of wickedness. So again, it's not a, it's not a personality issue. It's a spiritual battle that's going on. And we, we need to recognize that. And we said this over and over again as we talk about discover freedom. Jesus has paid for our freedom. He went to the cross. He died our death. He took our sin and sickness, and he took all of that. The price for freedom was paid, but there's a problem. Even though he paid for our freedom, that didn't mean we're free. You may believe in Jesus, may be going to heaven. Well, you can believe in Jesus have salvation, get a ticket to heaven, but you may not be walking in freedom right now. Why is that? Ever thought about it? See, you've got to take responsibility to be free. It's free gift, but you've got to walk it out and live it out. Let me prove that to you. John chapter 8, another verse that we've looked at multiple of times. John 8, 31 says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If... You abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wow, another profound couple of verses in Scripture. So it starts with this, if. Again, if you want to be free, you have to take responsibility to be free. It's not an issue of what Jesus paid for. It's the issue is whether or not you're going to do what it says here. If, if. You abide. The word abide means to continue, means to remain. It actually means to sojourn. It means to continue in this position of what? In the word. So if you abide, if you continue to remain in the word, you're going to know the truth. Or you're my disciples first. And then you shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. Now, again, the truth is not a set of principles or rules or regulations, the truth is a person. His name is Jesus. So what this is saying is that if you take responsibility to abide, to remain in the word, 
He said, that's, that's what a disciple does. If you do that, you're going to discover the truth who is a person named Jesus, and it's going to make you free. How many people won't be free? See, it's not an issue, again, it's not on Jesus' end. He's already, he's already paid everything. So the issue is, he's saying, I'm going to offer to you life and have it, you can have it abundant, but you have responsibility to abide in the word so that you can discover the truth that will make you free. Now, Revelations, I don't have that verse here, Revelations 19, 13, one of the names of Jesus is the word of God. The word of God. Jesus is the word. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning, verse 1, was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Interesting verse. So what we're saying, what he's saying here is that the word, word is God. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So what we have, let me just look at me for just a moment. What we have is that the Word, who is Jesus, that Word put on flesh so we could see what it looks like, and we beheld His glory. That's what we have when we can read about Jesus, when we see Him. So, when it said that if you abide in the word, you're going to discover the truth, which is a person, a personal relationship with the living word. Hebrews 4 says the word is alive, it's living, it's active, sharpening to as your sword. This, why? Because Jesus is the word. So what we have here, we have the dynamics. You want to be free? Well, freedom has come and he has given us his word. And if we will abide in his word, we will discover that relationship with the living word that makes us free. So I say again, Jesus paid for our freedom, but, but freedom is how much freedom you're going to walk in is how much you're going to look like Jesus. See, it's not the truth I know that makes you free. It's the truth you know that makes you free. It's not an issue. It's not about comparing one to another. The issue is how much truth do you know? How do you really know him? How much are you walking in his way? How much are you being obedient to the word? That will determine the truth and that will determine your freedom. So that's why I say it's really it's up to you. Uh, now, one, one additional thing, and we don't have time to really talk about it, but John chapter 16 this is just about the Holy Spirit. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and will tell you things to come. Now, again, we've talked about the Holy Spirit before. And the only reason I mention that is because we need his presence helping us to discern the word of God. He is the spirit of truth. So let me say it this way. Jesus has come and paid with his life so that we could have life, okay? He was the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. He has told us, if you want to be free, you've got to abide in my word and you will discover the living word. That living word 
that is guided by the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit given to you, that will make it flesh in you. And the more that the word becomes flesh in you, which means you're living and abiding and obeying the word. Happy message. Everybody's thrilled. But it's true. You'd rather hear truth or you want to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's truth. Want to be free? It's available to every one of us. It's called his word. He's given it to us. Now, let me, we've talked about spiritual warfare. We've talked about the battle of the mind, the battle of relationships. But let me tell you something. You know what the real battle is? The battle is over the word of God. That's the battle. Genesis 3. Eve there, Adam and Eve are there, and the serpent shows up and says, hey, God said you can't eat of all the fruit of the trees in the garden. And he, and he said, no, no, no. God said we can eat of all that except for the tree that's in the middle of the garden. If we eat it or touch it, we'll die. Oh, you won't die. He said, God knows the moment you eat that, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be like God. Well, some of that was true. The reality is they already were like God. But, but the enemy challenges the word of God. And from the very get-go, you're going to see that. Now turn, if you will, to Luke uh, chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Jesus, remember in Luke chapter 3, Jesus is water baptized. Holy Spirit comes upon him, and the Father speaks from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son, and you I'm well pleased. It says, After that, the Spirit leads Jesus in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So I'm going to begin in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. Is that amazing? It's amazing to me. Forty days before, the Father speaks from heaven and says, You are my beloved Son, and you I'm well pleased. And the devil, the first thing he challenges is that if you are the Son of God. Now, he left out that beloved part. But he, uh, but he always, he's challenging, again, the Word of God. And I love the next verse. Jesus answered him in saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. When I saw this, the very first time I realized, wait a minute, this, this captures the essence of everything that we deal with. The enemy tries to steal and kill and destroy. He's, how does he do it? By trying to steal the word from you. He's trying to keep you from living in the word. Because when you live in the word, you're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to make you free. And the more that you live in the word, discover the truth that makes you free, the more you look like Jesus, and the more that you affect in a negative way the kingdom of darkness. You're going to impact people's lives. And that's what he's called us to do. So when I see this, when Jesus, he didn't dialogue with the devil. He just said, it is written. Okay, now put yourself in the Bible. They didn't have a Bible. You know, so we're talking about the first five books of the Bible, basically. Even that alone is enough to make you free. But we've got the whole word. We've, we've got something preserved here for us. So, I mean, he says it's written. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds in the mouth of God. I mean, this is profound. 
when you realize that what the battle really is, the battle is trying, he's trying every way possible to cast doubt into your mind over the truth of God's word. He is trying to do everything possible to steal the word from you to keep it out till you, till you don't grow up and, and really live by it. Now, the question I have for you, are you living by the word of God? Are you making decisions or is that, is that what guides your life? You need to ask yourself that because to the degree that the word does will be the degree of freedom that you walk in and how you look like Christ. Now, we've got one more question though. Pretty hard to live and abide in the word if you don't know the word. We talk about taking thoughts captive. You can't take thoughts captive if you don't know with the word. So again, we're back to the dilemma. How do you know the word? Well, let me propose something to you. We've shared this before. Look at my hand up here. There are five stages, I believe, of really how do you study, get, get into the word. The easiest thing to do is to listen to the word. It says, be careful what you hear. For those who have more will be given. Those who don't have will be taken away. So it's still important to how you listen. You're listening now. You may listen to something on the internet. Listening. The next level is that you read the word for yourself. And you need to be reading the word for yourself. Third level is that you study the word. Uh, there are so many Bible apps out there right now that have Greek and Hebrew and lots of study guides. There is no excuse not to have some of those to be doing your own personal Bible study. And it'll be like the Bereans. They checked out Paul to see if he was saying what he was. We'll check you out. We'll see if that's right or not. Wow. That's how we need to be. We need to be going to the Word and, and doing that ourselves. The fourth area is to memorize the Word. You know, store it away so that it'll guard your heart so that you know what it is. And the fifth area is to meditate on the Word. Meditation is not about, uh, it's not an Eastern meditation. It's talking about allowing that Word to go over and over and over and, and, and deal with it in and process it. Right after God changed our life in 1982, we had to, I had the opportunity to be with, with Dudley Hall for a, a couple of days. And I'd ask, I said, Dudley, what, what is God showing you? And he said, well, God's showing me this. And so I thought, okay, that's great. Well, I had the opportunity a couple of months later to be with him. And I'd always ask, Dudley, what's God showing you? And he'd say basically the same thing. I go, hmm, I guess he's not spending much time in the Word. You know <laughs> I was hungry for the word. I was reading the word. I was just getting all kinds of stuff. And so I had literally a couple of months later, I saw him again. I said, Dudley, what God's showing you? And he basically said nearly the same thing. I went, man, that guy's really not spending any time in the word. Well, obviously didn't realize it. He'd already done the hearing, the reading, the studying, the memorizing. He's way over here in the meditation. <laughs> And what I'm talking about, he looked at it from every Bible verse, every angle, every version, everything. I mean, he would look at it from every way. That's how you really, how the word really becomes flesh in you, becomes real. It becomes lived out. It's how you walk it out. And so what we're talking about here is something that, again, if you want to be free, we've been talking about discovering freedom. Jesus paid for it. But if you want to be free, you have to take responsibility for your own life. Now, I want to show this. I'm going to take a, a passage of Scripture. This is Mark chapter 4. This is the parable of the sower. I just want to use this one. It's also in 
Um, it's in Matthew 13. It's also in Luke 8. Pretty important parable. And I want to read through this and make some comments. It he, he began to teach by the sea. A great multitude was gathered to him. So he got into a boat and he set it on the water, on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing him. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seeds fell by the wayside and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground and when it did, it didn't have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among the thorns. The thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded uh, no crop. And other seed fell on the ground, good soil, good ground, yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and 100. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, now he's not talking about natural hearing. He's talking about spiritual ears. So what Jesus is saying here, I'm, I'm talking to you spiritual things. So when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. Now, it's just a couple of points there. Who's he talking to? Who asked those questions? All right, disciples. If you abide in my word, you're my disciple. So what he's saying here. He said, look, I'm, let me, isn't it interesting? He goes on to say, everybody else outside, not disciples, don't get it. And literally it says here, seeing they may not see and perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand unless they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Can't tell you how many times I've heard preachers talk about how Jesus taught in parables so they'd understand what he was saying use natural terms so that he would, they would understand what he was saying. He just got through saying that he taught in parables so they didn't get it. That probably is not a real good evangelism verse right there. <laughs> we probably ought to. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, what the word says. Is that what the word says? You need to read the word. He said, but if you want to know, disciple, you'll know. The question is not, you know, God's trying to hide something. No, he, he said, look, I just want, to, I want you to be my disciple. If you're my disciple, you'll abide in my word, and you will know the truth, and truth is going to make you free. Why? Because I'm going to make sure you know it. See, it's not an issue of, I have, you know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it's saying. Well, let me go on here. But again, he's just saying, look, you want to be a disciple? It, you have to abide in the word. If you're by abiding in the word, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to reveal things to you from the word. Verse 13 says, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, what he's saying there is that understanding this parable is not so much the answer is the key. The answer is being a disciple. If you understand what I just said, I will make known to you the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You disciples. Everybody else, it's just don't get it. And it goes on to explain this. Verse 14 said, The sower sows the word, those by the ones of the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately 
and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on the stony ground. And when they hear the word immediately, receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. So endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now there's the ones sown among the thorns. They're the ones when you hear the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things to enter in and choke the word, it becomes unfruitful. And there's the ones sown on the good soil, good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, let me just walk through this. I, I'm going to take some liberty here. You've got four levels of soil. And the first level is hard soil. Now, again, remember, there's no problem with the seed. The seed is the word. Not a problem with the seed. The problem is the soil of our hearts. So on one level, it's hard. And that's the level when you basically all you do is just listen to the word, but you really don't get into it yourself. And the enemy is going to steal it. I've had people come up and say, I just don't understand the Bible. You know, I've read a little bit, don't understand it. Why? Devil's stealing the word. You've got to press in. You've got to ask God to show you because the enemy is there to steal the word. The battle is over the word. The second level is stony. And it says that it springs up, and those, I believe, are the ones that are hearing, and they're, they're probably reading and maybe doing some study. But as soon as the pressure comes against living that word, like, for example, you have to forgive those who offend you. Oh, well, I can't do that. You don't know what they did. Hmm. You know, we've got, and there's lots of other things too. It's just one thing. But the point is, it's going to not bear fruit. Because again, you've got to live in the word. The next level is soil that's got weeds and sprouts pretty good. It grows pretty good. And I believe that's the ones that hear, that, that read, that study, they're probably memorizing, really spent some time in the Word meditating on it. And it really saw some growth in their life. But you know what happens? They get distracted. I'm sure none of you in here have ever done that. The seafulness of riches, the cares and worries about other things, it chokes out the Word. Why? Because I've talked to people and I say, well, you know, I used to spend time in the Word. I used to spend time studying. I used to spend time... You know, but I've been busy. I took a new job, and 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 the kids were busy, and I and I, I just got, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you got. I, we all fight with it. Listen, the enemy is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is constantly trying to get you out of the word, any possible way he can, because it's a source of life to us. And of course, then the last one is, is that I believe are hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, meditating the Word, and staying in the Word, and, and trying their best to live the Word. And I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about if you want to be free, God's saying, I've set freedom before you. I came to you, you might have life. It might have it more abundant. It's our choice. So my question to you, do you want to be free? Hmm. You, let me say it this way. Do you really want to live in freedom? Do you want to be an expression of freedom so that you can, be, you can help others? That's really what God has called us to do. He's called us to be a disciple. And the way you're a disciple is you abide in the Word. 
And that's what he's called us to do. If you abide in the word, you're going to know the truth, the living truth, and that truth is going to make you free. And that's the ultimate deal. So here's what I want to, want to close with. Number one, you've got to set aside time. It's got to be a priority to spend time in the word. No one can make you do anything. You are responsible for you. And I, again, I encourage you to get Bible apps. I encourage you to get whatever help that you need to help you study. Number two, you need to ask the Holy Spirit every time that you read the word to guide you into truth. He is the spirit of truth. So, so don't leave him out. Uh, he will help you, guide you, and direct you. Third thing is you have to obey what you hear. It doesn't do any good to be a hearer only, but not a doer of the word. So you've got, to, you've got to apply that word. Let that word become flesh in you. How? By living it out. Now, I'm not talking about legalistically. I'm not talking about trying to prove something to, for God's love. No, no, I'm talking about because of God's love. Yeah. We walk in obedience and walk in love. And that's really what he's called us to do. The fourth thing is, let the word speak to you. Now, let me, give you, let me give you an example. Turn, if you will, to, uh, uh, to John uh, chapter 14. I've, we've said so many times about our God changing our life and used a guy named Milton Green that spent so much time in the Word that he wrote in his Bible. That's why I probably write in my Bible. He wrote in his Bible so much and underlined so much that every six months he had to get a new Bible because he couldn't read it. <laughs> That's true. And, and he spent so much time in the Word that, that it uh, was something that he had that we caught. Talking about being in the Word. But he didn't live very far from us at the time. He, he had a home over on Preston Road uh, close to Frankfurt. And sometimes he would, would he did these in the Word seminars or three days in the Word. But what he would do is he would sometimes just be at his house and people would just start gathering up and he'd be over there reading the Word. So he called one day and he said, you know, Milton's over here. A bunch of people are here. Why don't you come on over? So, okay, got over there. There's probably 15 or 20 people. He's he, he just reading the word. And he'd just read and he'd stop and make a comment. He'd go, did you see that? Did you see that? That's unbelievable. Did you see that? And everybody go, wow, that's exactly right. He goes, wow. I mean, he was excited about the word that, that caught everybody else, got everybody else excited. Let me just read you something. That's what, what I'm talking about here. Let the word come alive. John chapter 14, verse 6. And now this is in Thomas that asked him a question. You know where you're going and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is making profound statement. He's not saying that it's a destination. No, he is a, the way. He is He's the truth. He's the life. Verse 7 says, if you'd known me, you would have known my father also from now on. You know him and have seen him. And Philip pops up and says, well, Lord, show us the father. It'll be sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Right, just, let me just take just a second. Yeah, I'm for Philip, the good Jewish boy. He grew up knowing the old five books of the Old Testament there that we have all about Moses. You can't see God. 
You understand that. You can't see God and live. So he's sitting there, you know, I'm sure he's going, hey, show us the Father. It'll be sufficient for us. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I mean, don't you know he just backed up and went, oh, <laughs> guys, yo, he just said he's God. I'm sure Peter said, he's been saying that for a long time, you idiot. <laughs> that, that's not in there. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's been saying it. But profound. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Wow. No, I'm just saying the word, let the word come alive. Get into the word. Let the word speak to you. That's what God wants to do. And the last thing, do not go to the word to prove some point that you want to make. Because that's what I see happening today all the time. A lot of our end time stuff. I'm going to go and prove where we are in end times. I think Jesus, if we were here, he'd say the same thing he did in Acts chapter one, don't worry about it. Be sure you're endued with power so you can be my witnesses. So I just want to encourage you. You want to get in the word? So I've got a plan for you. I, I, beside being practical, there are 14 weeks between now and the end of the year. And so I'm going to suggest reading the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, this is my favorite, and my favorite passage in John, 14, 15, 16, 17. That's 14 chapters. I want to encourage you to read one chapter a week and ask God to show you the truth in that chapter and make it flesh in you. Now, whether you're not, it's up to you. If, if, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.